This guy is an instigator. He brings trouble wherever he goes to the pro-choice movement. He is our pro-life activist, human rights activist, Jason Jones. Aloha. From the sandy beaches of Hawaii comes a wave of God's love and the challenge to go deeper. Paddle out with us and experience the thrills of the radical plan God has for your life. It's Deep Adventure Radio with your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. This is where we want to go deep into the adventure that God has for us. You know, when you abandon yourself to God's will, get ready for an adventure. When you go to paddle into a big wave, you have to want that wave with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all of your mind. You've got to really want that wave. You've got to have your wits about you. And you know, when you paddle into a wave that's 20, 30 foot plus wave, any wave that you paddle into, you always catch it at the very peak of the wave. And then you have this drop where you, once you've fallen off the cornice of that wave, that wave owns you. You've abandoned yourself to that wave. And that's what we're talking about here at Deep Adventure Radio. Abandon yourself to the power, to the will of the Holy Spirit. If you do that, you'll be in for the ride of your life. I find myself praying for people now when, we, when I pray for them that their wildest dreams will come true. And part of that prayer is to ask God to plant into their hearts new and right desires, that they would dream uh, bigger dreams. And I'm challenging you right now, God wants to expand your tent pegs. He wants to expand your boundaries. You've been faithful in small things. Become faithful and ask God to give you bigger things to do. I don't mean with a grandiose attitude. But expand your vision. Your vision is too small. God has work for you to do. He loves you. You're spending time with him. You've been going deep into the Catholic catechism. You've been going deeper in your faith. How selfish to keep it to yourself. It's just wrong. God has... He loves, uh, he, loves, he loves the sheep that are faithful to him. He loves the 99. Oh, but his heart breaks for the one that, that's lost. Won't you go with Jesus to find that person that isn't among the 99? Go out and reach out. You can do it. You know exactly who I'm talking about. You can go to that person and find your way into their heart, find a way to break down their barriers and bring them to the mercy and the tender love and the truth of Jesus. Maybe it's a child that you haven't called on the phone in a while. Maybe it's hard for you to talk to them, or maybe it's a parent, or maybe it's a brother or a sister, or maybe it's a friend that you just neglected their friendship. This day, go to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, I forgive me for my neglecting the people that you've brought into my life. The people in your life aren't just a mistake that they are there. God's given you divine encounters. They're not just coincidences that you meet some people. God has given you the opportunity to minister. Open up your hearts. Lord, I don't know how to evangelize. Well, well then stop talking about evangelizing. Just talk about loving and saying God bless you to people. And give them a reason for your hope. Share with them that Jesus loves them. There's so many people ask me, what's my program for evangelism? My program for evangelism is to spend an hour every day with the Lord. Usually half of that time at least is in the morning. When I spend that kind of time with the Lord, I'm kind of glowing. You know, I, when I go out, I want to share God's love with people. And I want to be merciful pe- to people. And I want to be good to people. 
Hey, I want to share with you guys my book, A Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue. This would be a good book, actually, to put into someone's hands who's uh, wondering about God, you know. And it's a great book for your small groups, whether men's or women's groups or whatever. This book is designed to have to open up discussions on the seven virtues. And I've been asked to, to read a page or two from my new book, Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue. So I'm going to skip ahead and read just a little bit from Chapter 5. It's called Scuba Tank Theology. I was on the fourth dive of my life, only my second day of scuba diving, when my instructor took me to the wall off of Hanama Bay on the island of Oahu. We were down 120 feet, and I was having a blast. Being able to move freely in three-dimensional space gave me a sense of flying, and the fish, sharks, honu, which is sea turtles, and dolphins accepted us as one of their own. In my excitement, I forgot to conserve my oxygen. At that depth, I needed more oxygen just to function normally, but I was foolishly trying to get in a cardio workout. My dive master came over to check my air supply and signaled me to keep my eye on it. When he came back shortly after that, I could see his concern. He signaled that we would have to switch tanks underwater. We were 120 feet down. He knew he would be much better at conserving oxygen than I was. He, tell, he helped me take off my tank, and I held it while he took off his and strapped it on my back. In that moment, holding my tank in my hands and my last breath in my lungs, I realized that if the transition did not go smoothly, I would have no air at 120 feet below the surface. Thankfully, we made the switch and very slowly surfaced. Both of us made it back up about the time that my tank emptied out. All of us start our journey into the virtues at the bottom of the sea. We can swim around and explore things, but the only way we'll really be able to reach the fullness of virtuous living is by showing justice towards God. Giving God the justice he is due is our source of oxygen in the ocean of virtue. Without it, we cannot live. And if we don't get this right, we can't get any of the virtues right, which means we can't get life right. This is Bear Wozniak with Deep Adventure Radio. You know, we need to switch oxygen tanks. We need to get rid of ours and take in the breath of the Holy Spirit. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. I'm Al Cresta, and I'm listening to Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak. The EWTN Radio Network, broadcasting to the world. EWTN, I don't know what we would do without it. God bless you all. We now have social media platforms available for you as well. Stay in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We're here for you 24-7. We're the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Next time you visit EWTN.com, be sure to check out the Religious Catalog section. You'll find a wide variety of Catholic products. From Bibles to rosaries, there's something for everyone. And you can order online. It's easy, safe, and secure. Shop the Religious Catalog 24 hours a day at EWTN.com. EWTN Radio is drawing people of all races, nations, and walks of life to the life of Christ. My father has a physical disability. Because of that, he cannot always make it to the Mass. Thanks to EWTN's airing the daily Mass, he's right there following along. With satellite radio, I can listen to any show on EWTN's Catholic programming. EWTN, truly the global Catholic radio network. Back to Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak, suffering in paradise for you. 
Aloha and welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak, and uh, I have with me as a guest, much more than a guest, a dear friend of mine and also a comrade in arms. Uh, Jason and I have really uh, encourage each other and work diligently uh, in the new evangelization. So I want to welcome my good friend, the author of A Race to Save Our Century, Jason Jones. Hey, Jason, aloha. Aloha, Bear. It's great to be on your show. Hey, you know, uh, God has me here in Cocoa Beach, Florida. I'm not saying anything bad about the surf here, but have you heard? I mean, you're in Hawaii right now. You're, I mean, God kind of swept me out, and, and, and he's moved me basically to Cocoa Beach most of the time now. Uh, you're on the road. You're, you're in, in the mainland more, almost more than you're in Hawaii, but how's everything in Hawaii right now? Oh, it's amazing. Yesterday, we, uh, um, we took a circle around the island and, uh, with the family, and it was just, it's just beautiful. I don't know how you. I, I don't know how anyone leaves. <laughs> I know, but, I but really it's just the Holy Spirit. No offense to Cocoa Beach. No, it's it's just the Holy Spirit. You do you, you know. We we do what God calls us to do, and it's so cool. When I talk to Jason, usually there I hear a child's voice in the background or some kind of ruckus going on. Jason, I never could count all your kids because they move too fast. How many children do you do you have, including uh, your daughter who's now graduated from college? Yeah, I have seven, from 26 down to two. Now, it is pretty noisy. And don't, you know, you might have jinxed us because uh, now you're probably going to hear one of the kids come running through my office and <laughs> shouting. <laughs> no, I, I love your children, and I, and I just love it because you travel so much, but when you're home, I see all the stuff that you guys are doing on Facebook together and, um, you know, enjoying your family and, and, and beautiful, beautiful family. And so glad to have you here. Now, you and I were once accused of being daydreamers. Do you want to give the backstory on that before we jump into our subject for the day? Oh, sure. That's a funny story. So you and I, the day we met was at a, a conference, or not a conference, um, a meeting of just Catholics in Hawaii who wanted to you know, share the gospel through media. And there's a, a bunch of wonderful people there, but one guy was kind of a knucklehead. And uh, we, you shared you know, that you had a podcast and you were hoping to have a radio show. And, and I had shared that I was, you know, using films to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and the gospel of life. And some guy just stood up and looked at you and I and waved his hand and said, well, now that the daydreamers are done talking, let me tell you what I want to do. <laughs> and uh, so it's been good to see you go from a little podcast with your daydream uh, to now where you're on over 300 stations. I think it's over 500 stations. Oh, my gosh. That's, last that's I heard. amazing. Yeah, but, but, you know, the thing is, is I think that uh, if you move in humility, but also in the confidence that the Lord is leading, you, you know, you bump into a lot of. Um, you don't necessarily have the total clarity of what the vision is. You have a general sense, but then humility, you move forward, and and sometimes you backtrack, and sometimes you kind of bounce off a couple walls. But if you just keep moving forward, uh, God will use us. And I want I want to ask you. Um, to just talk to the people out there right now. There are people out there that have a calling, that have a charism, but they're kind of stuck. How would you challenge them uh, to move forward in, uh, in, in, the, in the sense that they're receiving from the Lord? Well, I think, I, you know, I can't speak to other people, but I think for most of us, and I know for me, what stops me or what, what holds me back is when I'm afraid of failing. And I just have to remind myself that the Church has failed forward for 2,000 years. For 2,000 years, you've had uh, very, you've had fallen, weak people, and um, they have spread the Gospel to every corner of the planet Earth. And I just, my motto is, fail forward, 
or, or I'm sorry, fail fast, fail hard, and fail forward. Um, we just have to p- remove ourselves out of it. Know that, you know, St. Maximilian Colby was recently his feast day, and I was reading some of his writings. And he would walk into his, his newspaper that night, and he, it was just growing so rapidly, and he couldn't believe it. And he would walk in, and he'd look at all the printing presses running, and he would shake his head and say, how did this happen? How did this newspaper grow so fast? And he had an icon of Our Lady above the printing press, and he would always look to her and say, it's not us, it's you. And so we just have to do what we can do. I'm lucky. I'm a high school dropout who was last in his class. And um, when I got my GED and graduated from basic training in the Army, my family was happy. I had, and I had at 17 years old. Um, when I got my GED and graduated from basic training, uh, my family thought that that was just amazing. You know, they couldn't have been more proud of me than if I I graduated from Yale. So um, I didn't have a lot of high expectations, and so I never thought I'd let anyone down if I failed. So just fail forward. You know, I love what Mother Angelica, I think when they first bought their printing presses, you know, they just get more and more and more uh, uh, publications. It was the first thing that they really uh, got going on, This, this, these uh, these nuns who were, um, you know, cloistered. <laughs> so much work that they did. But they had a sign above their printing press. It's, I think it said, we don't, know what, we don't know what we're doing, but we're getting really good at it. You know, that's right. Exactly. So, and that's I, how I feel. That's perfect. And I do think that God is the God of, of the willing. You know, I often think that there's other people that should be doing what I'm doing in ministry that are better gifted. But, um, you know, God is the God of the willing. And it's just been so beautiful for me to be a part of the Catholic evangelization, especially people involved with EWTM, because I see so many people that, you know, take their raw talent and will step into ventures they have no background in, but they have a willingness and they have a certain sense of excellence and and uh, uh, fortitude. And somehow uh, through that, God has really used them. Um, you personally, you're very, you, you know, you... You're involved in a battle that you didn't choose for yourself. It kind of chose you. Well, certainly it did choose you. And uh, can you talk story with us just a little bit? This is a key time of year to talk about the abortion issue with the election coming up. Can you talk to us about this battle that chose you? Yeah, you know, I like how you worded that. I often I, I quote Malcolm X, which surprises people because Malcolm X said, you know, Plymouth Rock. We didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on me. And I tell people I didn't uh, choose the abortion battle. The abortion battle chose me. You know, when I was a kid, my father left home when I was, my parents were divorced before I was one. And then my dad joined the army. And my mother was married a lot growing up. Um, and just it was a chaotic kind of youth childhood but i always told myself growing up that whenever anything kind of bad or silly happened to my siblings and i i would say to myself you know what i'm a parent i'm going to protect my children when i'm a parent i'm going to have a peaceful joyful home when i'm a parent da 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 and um at 17 Actually, when I was 16, my high school girlfriend told me she was pregnant. And it's as strange as it's going to sound there, uh, we were both very excited. And you hear a lot of young people, or you hear a lot of people say about young kids who get pregnant that, oh, they do it because they want someone to love them. But, you know, I can reflect on that, and and I can tell you from personal experience that's not the case. It's they want to love someone properly that they know, every child knows, right, that they deserve loving parents in a peaceful home. And so you see a lot of kids coming from homes like that 
having children young, getting pregnant young. And it's because they want to love a kid right. Unfortunately, you don't have the resources to do it sometimes, right? You know, you haven't had good parenting modeled, and you're young, and you're uneducated. And that was me. But I was really excited to be a parent, and I was going to show the world how to love and nurture and protect a child. So when I turned 17... I joined the Army, and it was two days after my girlfriend told me, high school girlfriend told me she was pregnant, that I joined the Army. And for her part, she was going to wear baggy sweaters and take vitamins, and that's what she did. And two weeks before I was to come home from basic training, in the third trimester, my high school girlfriend's father found out that she was pregnant. And no doubt, being a poorly formed Catholic, but out of love, he took her to, of all things, a Masonic hospital where he, his friend performed a forced abortion on her in the third trimester. She called me, and I was at Fort Benning. And um, when she called me, her, she was crying, but it was like her soul was crying. And that communicated to me the truth about abortion right out the gate. But I didn't even know abortion was legal. Really, it was stunning to me. I couldn't believe it. It was unimaginable. Like I said, this is now 1989, the spring of 1989. I was a high school dropout. I was last in my class out of over 500 kids. Didn't know a lot about a lot. But I somehow missed that in our country, it was perfectly legal to destroy a child in the womb. Um, And it horrified me. And so at 17, I just committed myself, my life, to... um, to ending abortion. And you know, uh, Raymond Royal quotes Mother Angelica that God uses dodos, uses people too stupid to know they can't do something to do it. I was a dodo, and I did not. I really believed at 17, I believed to the core of my being that I, by my will, and I was an atheist, I was going to end abortion. And I wrote out a very detailed plan, and and it's and more or less, I've stuck to that plan. I wrote a 40-year plan when I was 19, and I have more or less stuck to that plan. And it's 26 years into it. And you know the 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 situation we're in right now with the elections coming up. I don't. I'm not a political person, Jason. I know you're a political activist. You're a, you're a human rights activist. That's the the role God has called you into. But right now, we all have uh, some serious decisions to make about who we will have as our next president. Because in doing that, we're actually saying who we're going to have as our our next Supreme Court justices. That's right. Can you talk about? Mm, how can I say it? There's so many Catholics that really they don't they they they're cultural Catholics. They don't really abide by the Catholic uh, you know moral teaching. Can you talk a little bit about what our response, what our obligation would be as Catholic Christians uh, in in this area of of um, pro life? Yeah, and I want to speak especially to those, not those who are really political, and I know a lot of us are really political for one reason or another. I want to talk to the people that are rolling their eyes, going, oh, no, politics. I hate politics. I love politics. And when I hear an American say they hate politics, what I hear is they're saying, I hate freedom. I hate the privilege of sovereignty. Because we live in a constitutional republic where our founding fathers wanted to bring sovereignty from a hereditary ruling class and share that sovereignty with every citizen. And we have seen from the Magna Carta, through the Glorious Revolution, to the Mayflower Compact, to the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, for a thousand years in the Anglo-American political community, which the United States is a part, we've seen an expansion of sovereignty. And so 
now we, we you know any we're all sovereigns but th- what that means is we are responsible for the laws of our land equally you know, we can't sit there and blame Nancy Pelosi I can't blame Paul Ryan I can't blame these people um, for the laws of our land I have to blame myself I'm 44 years old I've had the privilege of of voting for and working for uh, and changing the laws of our land now, you know, for uh, um, you know over 20 years and uh, my adult life, and so we have to have that I call it the civic habit, just like we, you know, on Saturday every Saturday I sweep out my garage and sweep around the patio, and it's a habit. It's something I have to do, and if I don't do it, I can't expect someone else to do it. It's my home. Well, I'm responsible for the abortion clinics. I'm responsible for an industry that sexualizes and uses young girls. Um, you know, I'm responsible for the quote-unquote strip clubs or gentlemen's clubs in my neighborhood. I'm responsible for them. nobody else. I am. But most importantly, we're all responsible for abortion, and we have over a million human beings, the most vulnerable members of the human family, destroyed by the violence of abortion in this country every year. And so, you know, no Catholic, no Catholic, uh, I don't know how anyone could vote for anybody, for any office at any level that does not support full legal protection for the child in the womb. And that is, is foundational. And so when we vote for president, look, this is... Uh, Bear, I'm not excited about this presidential election, but we need to vote for the candidate that we think will work um, as committed to protecting the child and the womb from the violence of abortion. And beside that, we should think about our state representative and our state senator and our congressman and our senator and governor and neighborhood board. These, these every at every level, it's very, very, very important. And so we need to vote. We need to take that serious. But when I vote, I want to live in solidarity with the weak. I want to live in solidarity with the vulnerable. And and you know what's great? If people are right on abortion, they're pretty much right on everything else. You notice that the candidates that support abortion are also totalitarian. They don't support religious freedom. They don't support economic freedom. In fact, they use their support for um eroding our economic freedom is somehow that they care about the poor. They act like because they support an ever-expanding federal government that pushes into the institutions of free civil society and and swamps the, the role of the church and the family, that that somehow shows that they care about the poor more than those who advocate economic freedom. And what we can see, the history of the 20th century is the history of economic freedom uh, the free market lifts people out of poverty. Uh, statism, the growth of the state, redistribution of wealth, um, creates poverty. So when they're right on abortion, they're usually right on everything else. If they're wrong on abortion, they're usually wrong on everything else. So I look to the abortion issue, um, and as a man who lost his child to abortion, um, I'm offended you know, when I see prominent Catholics holding public office who advocate abortion, or worse, there are people right now in public Catholics who hold themselves out as Orthodox Catholics who are publicly endorsing candidates for office who support the legal destruction of the child in the womb from the violence of abortion. And that is a real scandal. And um, this might sound cavalier, but I'll put those people right next to uh, the folks that covered up for and protected uh, predator priests, because I lost a child to abortion, 
And when I see public Catholics denying the dignity of the child in the womb, I see them denying the dignity of my daughter. And we know, I know that my baby was a daughter bear because the abortionist said to my high school girlfriend after the abortion, uh, oh, by the way, you had a little girl. Oh. Uh, can you imagine that? Yeah, so, you know, Jason, um, we got to take a break here in just a moment. Uh, there are people that... Uh, are stirred up by what you've you've been saying and uh, stirred up not just emotionally but to cause of action. You know, saying you feel strongly about something but not doing anything about it is really not solidarity solidarity at all. They can go to your website, Movie to Movement, and the Facebook, moviemovement.com, and you have a Facebook page by the same, and they can get directly involved in helping you, really even at the parish level, uh, to make a difference. We're talking with Jason Jones, uh, my good friend from Hawaii and a comrade in arms. We, we're going to battle together in the new evangelization. He's going to be on our new reality TV show that EW10 is going to air called uh, Long Ride Home. Jason, we'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. This is your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Deep Adventure Radio, the bold standard in radio. You can listen to EWTN Radio on your computer, no matter where you are. Just go to EWTN.com and click on Multimedia. Then look for the words EWTN Radio Listen. You'll also find information about our podcasts. You'll find it all at EWTN.com. It's about virtue, truth, strength, beauty, faith. It's about grace. Listen to Women of Grace with Jeanette Bankovic weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern only on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. The young people are the future of the church, and right here they are also the present. Let your faith catch on fire as you get to know the young guests who stand up firm for their faith on the Rock of Christ, forever young. On the next Life on the Rock, only on EWTN. Life on the Rock is seen and heard around the world on EWTN. For dates and times in your area, log on to EWTN.com. EWTN is now on Twitter. Get short, timely messages from EWTN on your computer or cell phone. It's easy to stay up to date on a wide variety of topics. Pro-life news, Vatican announcements, catechesis, apologetics, the latest EWTN programming, and more. You can link to EWTN on Twitter from our homepage or go to twitter.com slash EWTN. At work, at home, at school, and on the road, stay connected to your world with EWTN's Twitter page. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak from deepadventure.com with this week's Deep Virtue number 76. You know, in Hawaii, when uh, people show up, uh, maybe the first day or so, we'll talk story about what they want to do, what kind of activities they want to do. Invariably, one of them will say, you know, I would like to try skydiving. And I look at them and they go, you know what, you don't try skydiving. You don't try to do it. You either do it or you don't do it. And they realize that it's not just Disneyland when they jump out of a plane. And then they start talking about, well, what is it, what is it like? How do you, how do, how, what's the process you go through and, and, and those sorts of things. And I begin to talk a story about you know, a skydiving experience or something. And I go, you really want to go? And they will go, well, yeah, I, I do. And I'll ask them, give me your hand. And I'll feel the palm of their hand. And if it's a little bit moist, if it's a little bit sweaty, I know they're going to jump. I know they're, they're thinking about this in a real way. If it's not, I know they're just playing around. They're not really serious. When you skydive, there's only one thing you need to remember. It's really easy. 
pull the rip cord. If you don't pull the rip cord and it stays there, it's the rest in peace cord. It's the, it is the other kind of rip cord. In life, it's the same way. You only get one shot at life. It's appointed on a man once to live, once to die, then the judgment. You only have to remember one thing. Pull the rip cord. You only have to remember one thing, and you better get it right because you choose where you live in eternity. It's 100% under your control whether you open that canopy or not. So pull the rip cord in your life. Open up the canopy to capture the, the air, the wind, the breath of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing more beautiful than that moment when the canopy opens and you see that beautiful view. I'm challenging you to give your life to Jesus with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. This is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with this week's Deep Virtue number 76. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at DeepAdventure.com. Wax up your boards. Let's paddle in for another wave of Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha. Welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. And earlier today I was listening to a discussion with... Professor Peter Kraft about same-sex attraction and same-sex marriage. And uh, it prompted me to have a discussion with someone. And I recalled earlier in my life, I was a controller for a nonprofit organization that helped abuse children who had hotlines. And I could I only worked there for nine months because I just didn't see it being the solution that it portrayed to be. And those hotlines, most of the people, they got millions of calls every year, and most of those people uh, were uh, homosexual men. And uh, I, I, I got to know some of them. And, of course, you, you know, when you get to know people as individuals, you can't categorize them and go and paint them with an evil brush. Uh, you know, these were, these were uh, human, real human beings. But as I got to know them, every single one of them had a story of how when they were a child, they had been molested. And uh, so I was having this discussion today. I was thinking, I wonder how many uh, adult, you know, homosexual men uh, can look back to that, to that having happened in their life. And I Googled it. I don't know how accurate it is, but 46% of gay men were molested as children, whereas less than 2% of heterosexual men had that, that, uh, that horrible uh, wound in their soul. And it, it points to the fact that, you know, uh, same-sex attraction, as the Catholic Church calls it, is, is disordered. It, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a wound to the soul, and it shouldn't be something... We don't, we don't uh, look at people that have same-sex attraction and categorize them as homosexuals. They're human beings. They're people that, got, that Jesus loves, that Jesus died for, and that as a church we should embrace. At the same time, uh, working with them, calling them to celibacy... Uh, and I, I, I want Jason to speak on this because I know right now what's happening, Jason, part of your work in pro-life is crisis pregnancy centers that, that, uh, uh, that help people, who are a woman who's having a baby, if she can't keep it, to give it out for adoption. But now our Catholic adoption agencies are, are losing their state funding because we won't uh, place those children in same-sex uh, marriages. Uh, there's no one more intolerant than those who are challenging us to be tolerant. So can you just open up, let, let loose with all, all guns, uh, let us know what your thoughts are and what your, what, yeah. what your compassion is for these people. Well, you know, what's really startling is how we're just rolling over and accepting this. I mean, this is beyond the pale. And it's frightening. You know, I, my, in my book, The Race to Save Our Century, I uh, spent a lot of time studying the Bolshevik Revolution and what happened in Russia. And in Russia in the 20s, the communists passed law after law, um, um, basically edging Christians in Russia to a position where to live their faith, they would become criminals. 
And that's what we're seeing now. We've, we've been maneuvered into a position where if we're to live our faith, we're almost criminals. And they, they call it bigotry. And uh, part of it is um, maybe our own fault, you know, on how we've talked about sexuality and homosexuality. And I, I can think, you know, growing up, we, was, we would be, we would talk in a way, and it was encouraged to talk in a way that was very thoughtless. And I can't imagine being a, a young boy growing up in my neighborhood that had same-sex attraction. And I cannot imagine how sorrowful their childhood must have been um, because you couldn't hear an everyday conversation without, um, you know, this is Catholic radio, I can't use the words, but they were just part of the language. Um, from, more, from the moment they woke up to the, the, to the moment their head hit the pillow, they were going to hear language that would make them feel, you know, you know the, word, the only word I can think is just, you know, a, a sorrowful. Um, and but all of us, well, at least for, you know, I hope all of us. I hope it's not just me, Bear, but all of us, especially in this highly sexualized culture, uh, I think struggle with sexual morality. Right? I was, I didn't become a Catholic until um, in my early 30s, and um, I was an atheist, libertarian. You know, I was a follower of the philosopher Ayn Rand, and I thought if it was consensual, it was moral. Um, and, you know, it took me a decade to see that that wasn't true from experience, that it didn't matter what some young woman said or, or um, that I was hurting people. And that my 20s was just a decade of me thoughtlessly hurting a lot of people. Um, and so I wish that somebody, a Christian, would have, in fact, someone finally did in my late 20s, just ripped me, took me aside and just told me what it has struck person I was and how I was hurting women. And um, they made me feel, for maybe the first time in my life, like really ashamed of myself, because I became aware of how, how I was hurting people. You know, Bear, I, I work in Hollywood, so I'm around a lot of folks with same-sex attraction. There's a restaurant underneath my office, and I go there, and I turn, and I look, and I see displays of affection, you know, by couples, same-sex couples, and and I think just because I've been so submerged in the culture, it doesn't offend me. Um, and I, I tell my friends with same-sex attraction, you know, it doesn't offend me. I don't, I don't get repulsed by it, um, like a lot of people do. I, I feel sorry for you though, because our culture is telling you that your sexual sin is okay. It's celebrating it. Could you imagine, Bear? I cannot imagine that if tomorrow I saw priests and bishops and the president and the Supreme Court and all these people telling me that men with other than their wife's sexual attraction are an oppressed minority and they need to be liberated. And um, I joke that I have other than my wife's sexual attraction, but my wife is an intolerant bigot. And um, she would have, you know, hurt me if, if I acted on my natural inclinations. We all have all sorts of natural inclinations that hurt other people and hurt ourselves. And so what the church teaches, it's loving. It's loving. And, and I think because we're coming out of a place where this behavior was stigmatized, as it should be, but it was done in a way that was not Christ-like, that it was thoughtless and mean and juvenile, that it, um, we're dealing with the wounded people who are wounded. And that, you know, all of them, like you said, were abused, first of all. 
a lot of them. And I know that's politically incorrect to say, but Barry, you're not going to believe this one. I went to the University of Hawaii. I was looking for good dorms to live in, and I checked out all the dorms. I was chairman of the College Republicans, and I moved in this dorm. Now, it had a rainbow flag in front of it, but it was the nicest dorm. It had a pool table. I thought it was, it was the old YWCA building there on Atkins Street. It was a beautiful old building. Well, you know, the, Hawaii, the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, you know. <laughs> that That's was what I thought were yeah. the Rainbow Warriors. So I moved into this dorm, and turns out I had moved into the dorm that was kind of unofficially the gay dorm. And I started asking people that question. You know, the people say that, um, you know, that, that you were abused and you're that, you're that way. Well, one by one by one, they all, and I didn't believe it. Remember, I was an atheist libertarian. I thought, yeah, all these Christians say this. Um, but one by one, they all shared with me their story of abuse. Many of them didn't share it like that they were abused. They would say, well, you know, in eighth grade, I had an affair with my gym teacher. I'm like, oh, so you were abused. Um, no, no. And then they would think, oh, my gosh, I'm like you were a child. It was not an affair that you were abused. And what I love about the Catholic Church, and you can't say this about many other denominations, you see oftentimes in the Protestant space, they'll either be kind of cruel and intolerant. I've heard Protestants say that homosexuality is the sin against the Holy Spirit. It's the sin that's unforgivable. Give me a break. That's the saying. That's ridiculous. Um, but then they'll swing the other way, and then they'll embrace homosexuality. They, they don't seem to be able to hold that balance, which the Catholic Church does so beautifully. You know, to be Catholic is to live in solidarity with the weak, because the second person of the Trinity became man and suffered and lived in solidarity with us. And so that's what we're called to do. And the, uh, the culture of death, with all of this sexual promiscuity that's wounding people, post-abortion, sexually transmitted diseases, alienation, loneliness, uh, we really have our, our work cut out for us. Um, but it's to be loving, to be thoughtful. Um, and to recognize just because you don't have an inclination to a sin doesn't make it worse than the sins you have an inclination to. Fulton Sheen said when he walked in to a room, as far as he knew, with the facts that he had on hand, he was the worst sinner in every room he walked into. And I always think about that, you know, as far as we know, Bear, when any room we walk into, with the information we have, we're the worst sinner in every room we've ever walked into. Most rooms. I mean, maybe if you walk into a room with, like, Nancy Pelosi or Joe Biden or something, you could assume otherwise. But generally speaking, we can assume we're the greatest sinner in any room we walk into, and that should keep us, uh, you know, thoughtful and charitable and forgiving. But oh, now on the other side of it, we need to fight for the church, and we need to fight for those institutions in free civil society. And we should never abandon adoption. If it means bishops getting arrested, then let bishops get arrested. Because if we want to, if we are going to live in solidarity with the weak, the weak isn't just, you know, the radicalized uh, homosexual activist. We need to be thoughtful to them and, 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 and live in solidarity with them. But what about the children who need to be adopted into loving homes? Uh, and we should not abandon our right 
church has a right to, to, to be involved in adoption. In fact, we've introduced the whole concept to Western civilization. Okay, and you know really Jason, sucks. Jason, uh, we have a right to go to a break right now. I have to interrupt okay. Jason Jones when he's gusting at uh, 160 miles an hour. Uh, this is Barry Wozniak with Deep Adventure Radio. Jason is one of my best friends, and I just wish he would speak what he really has on his mind. Sometimes he's just so, you know, wishy-washy, <laughs> actually. Hey, we'll be right back with more Jason Jones. We're going to let let you continue that thought. This is Bear Wozniak with Deep Adventure Radio. International Deep Adventure Radio. For today. Tonight. Tomorrow. It's a new season. EWTN News Nightly. Catholic coverage you can believe in. Fresh content from our nation's capital to the Vatican. Your news now in today's world. Don't miss a night of EWTN News Nightly. Weeknights on EWTN. All across the nation, people are tuning in to truth on the EWTN radio network. Even though I am a Southern Baptist, I love my local Catholic radio station, and I recommend it to all my friends, Catholic and non-Catholic. Since I joined the church a decade ago, access to Catholic radio has been a must for me and my family. To have EWTN broadcasting locally with such faith-filled and wholesome programs is a real blessing. To find out more, go to EWTN.com slash radio. For a complete list of the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network AM and FM stations across America, go to EWTN.com, look for the radio pull-down menu, and select AM FM stations. The list is updated regularly, so visit often. Again, go to EWTN.com, look for the radio pull-down menu, and select AM FM stations. Also at EWTN.com, you'll find out how to listen to us on the web, on shortwave, and in some countries on satellite. You'll find it all on EWTN.com. This is Barbara McWigan. Don't miss The Good Fight, EWTN's live radio talk show on Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. What does it profit a man to conquer the whole world if he cannot conquer himself? The saints are Mother Church's greatest conquerors. We only have one life to live. Let us together strive for sanctity while we have the breath to breathe. The Good Fight, Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. God bless you. Now, back to Paradise and Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha, welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I have my my good friend, you know, you hear that said a lot on interview shows, but I consider Jason Jones to be just one of the best men I know, and I'm just so uh, proud to have him a, a, as a friend. Uh, he, he, has a, he has a way of communicating, like... I mean, every, every word he says is just so impactful. So I'm always so glad to have him on our show. And we're talking about how uh, critical right now uh, what we do and what we say is. He's giving us some ammunition to help us as we dialogue with people about the upcoming elections. Uh, Jason, welcome back to the show. Oh, Bear, it's great to be on your show. And I just want to say, first of all, I don't have a way with words. You have a way with words. And I love both of your books. But your new book, uh, Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue, is... Um, you know, I see, think you use more than a friend, like a, like a big brother. And um, I think you and I have been blessed by, by growing up and, and being formed by Hawaii. You know, we make fun of Hillary Clinton and, and uh, her, what does she say, it takes a village to raise a child. But we are influenced by our village, so choose your village wisely. And you, the way that you communicate um, with this sort of the, the zest 
and the charity and the love and the uh, earnestness, I can see that you have been formed by Hawaii. And I, I, your books are my two favorite books to recommend to folks. So I hope that everyone out there um, orders your books. In fact, I have to remind me, I want Movie to Movement to, to, to email our, our, all of our supporters and ask them to, to get your book. What? Because, you know, what, you know what, Bear, I, for the longest time, I wish I would have met you when I was 19 years old. You would have saved me and the world a lot of heartache. But um, it's hard to find a good book for a young man in your life. I, 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 you know, my whole life I was looking for men to admire. And I would see something in one man, like when I was in the Army, he'd be heroic, he'd be, he'd be courageous, but he would be, you know, a womanizer or something. And I'd meet another man who was pious and thoughtful to God, but he was effeminate and weak. Um, and so I, I just was always looking to find a man that embodied to me what it is to be a good man. And you do that in your life, but you do that um, in your writing. So people can be introduced to that through your books. So I know everyone listening, we have men in our lives, young men in our lives who are going through the same thing. So your books are great for that. Yeah, you know, these books also, the big thing that you and I both are concerned about is building fraternity among, among men. And uh, yeah. this book is actually designed for people who want, like I just had a friend, Tony Collins, who took 11 guys up to a peak, a 14,000-foot peak in Colorado. Um, and now after that, after this mountaintop experience, they're probably going to be getting together every week or so, every couple of weeks, just to kind of forge that sense of fraternity. And they can use this book. It's Each chapter is five or six pages, and it gives everyone, not just men, by the way, but it gives everyone attraction in the seven virtues. Uh, and it's based on the Catholic you know, catechism, but it's also full of a real-life adventure, so it's, it, it still remains a, a page-turner. And so, yeah, we I see Deep Adventure Ministries and movie, movie to Movement moving closer and closer and working more and more. We've been wanting this, and now we're seeing how God's bringing it together because, ladies and gentlemen, Jason Jones is going to put on some black leather and wear a motorcycle vest, and we're uh, we're going to join up in Houston, Texas. We're going to do a men's rally uh, in Houston, Texas at St. Martha's Catholic Church Saturday morning, October 22nd, and we're going to roll thunder, uh, seven of us on motorcycles with e- with our, our TV crew, and we're going to do a reality show uh, rolling thunder up into the Big Bend country of Texas. And you know what? We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about the interior life. We're going to uh, talk about masculine spirituality, contemplative prayer, and we're going to... Um, we're going to uh, t- uh, kind of model what it means to have a masculine friendship uh, where you talk about something other than just, you know, the football scores. But, Jason, we need your help right now. But I'm glad you said that. Yeah. You know, I've seen attempts in the church to, um, to you know, rekindle what it is to be a man. And you're like, well, who, who, who thought of this? Like, this isn't, you know, uh, this isn't... Um, what it is to be a man watching football or, you know, no, it's, it's, it's being thoughtful for your, and sacrificial for your family and for your parish and for your community. And, um, yes. So I'm glad you said that. (laughs) I wish you would keep going, keep talking. Talk to us a little bit about, uh, what, what, uh, you feel God is calling men to right now. Well, you know, look, first of all, we're dangerous creatures as men. Um, you know, we walk, we come in the house, if we've had a bad day and, um, we don't rein it in with our words and our behavior, we can break our children's heart. We can break our wife's heart. If we have a habit of behaving that way, we, um, 
we can make the, the home miserable. So uh, we can be the same way in the office. We can be belligerent, and we can everyone that works below us can just feel that. And then we influence them and, and their families. And we have to know as men, we've been told, you know, in this androgynous society, we've been denied of who men are. But we are who we are. And uh, so the first thing we need to do is rein it in on ourselves and stop hurting people around us. You know, I say that men are either predators or the protectors. There's, you're not going to put that thing in new, there's not There's nothing in between. And so you have to reflect, is my, am I behaving as a predator? Or am I behaving as a, am I protecting? Am I protecting? Am I thoughtful to my parish? Am I, you know, I, I, I don't know about you, Bear, but I'm like, I listen to everything, every prayer of the faithful. Wait, what was that doing? And that was weird. Or um, who's this guy? What is he teaching over there? And so we need to really... Um, throw ourselves between those who would prey on our community. Um, you know, the violent and the vulnerable. That's what it is to be a man. It's to put yourself between the violent and the vulnerable. Every night with my prayer with my boys, we ask God that they would always thrust the Jones boys in between the violent and the vulnerable. Um, that's our prayer. And you know, my, my oldest son is in the military right now, so he's, 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 living, he's living that out. And, and the other thing is just to show our love for God and Our Lady. Uh, yesterday when we were praying with the boys, it was... Um, we, we especially prayed that all the Jones boys from now until our Lord returned would have a Marian devotion. We asked for that grace, that we would have Marian devotions till the end of time, as long as there's Jones boys. But um, that's what we're called to do, and that's what you capture, Bear. That is an adventure, and that is a deep adventure. And, um, you know, well, being in ministry, you and I, we live on the brink of poverty all of the time. Of it's At least I do. You might be better at this than me. But I'm always taking new risks, always trying to do new things, and um, I just, it is an adventure. You know, and the thing is, is uh, you, you pointed at the Marian devotion. Uh, you know, every real man loves his mom. And uh, and we know Jesus loves his mother, but he's our, she's our mother, too. And, you know, I... <laughs> I gotta say, I'm I'm guilty of this. I I pray uh, a, a novena always, always pray nine days for something for someone, but so often I'm guilty of just thinking of Mary as my 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 combat. Uh, I don't know, I don't want to say sidekick, but I mean, I see her, let's go into battle. Like, we're going into battle together again. This is what we're going to battle about today. Let's battle about this. And she's so faithful, you know, as she stands at the foot of the cross, uh, and I stand there with her. Uh, she's so faithful to, to bring my prayers to her son. But I do forget to say, I, I, I do forget to to love her and adore her <laughs> like, you know, she deserves to be. I always think that we're going into the, we're, we're taking, we're, we're taking the ne- next hedgerow together because she's such a valiant warrior. But let's remember how beautiful and precious our mother uh, Mary is. Hey, Jason, we're you know, out of time. Hey we're, out, hey, we're out of time. We're out of time again oh, as usual. Gosh. Turn off that fire voiceless. hose. <laughs> I can talk about the movie. Oh, okay. Voiceless the movies. What website? Go to movie2movement.com. If you want to wake up the churches and call people to manliness and defending the weak, voiceless the movie is it. Bring it to your town, movie2movement.com. Okay, and Jason, why don't you just email me? We'll have you back on the show next week, and we'll, 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 we'll get you out. We'll, we'll, we'll do another interview. We can never do, do enough interviews with you. Uh, this is Bear Wozniak with Deep Adventure Radio. We'll be right back. Serve up. Real and radical ways to live your faith. 
This is Daniel Baboon Markham with this episode, Limitations. Man's Gotta Know His Limitations. That quote comes from Detective Dirty Harry Callahan, a.k.a. Clint Eastwood, in the 1973 movie Magnum Force. Now, if we look at ourselves square in the eyes and get downright honest, we admit, yep, we all got limitations. Now, at first brush with this truth, it might be a bit disappointing. But when a man knows his limitations, he has three options. He can accept his limitations and do nothing about them and experience failure. He can improve his skills and thus diminish his limitations and take on new challenges. Or he can trust God to make up the difference while improving his skills and thus be a victor. According to the Bible, limitations are merely God's opportunity to make up the difference. In 2 Corinthians, when Paul was complaining about his limitations, Jesus said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul learned that to be true, noting, For when I am weak, then I am strong. As a missionary, the aging apostle Paul had been in buku-tight spots many times over. He learned to lean on God when he ran into his limitations. And God came through, either to deliver him, empower him to overcome the challenge, or give him the strength to go through whatever tight spot he was facing. So, fellow pioneer, know your limitations. Trust in Jesus, carry on, and watch God make up the difference. This is Daniel the Boone Markham at DanielTheBooneMarkham.com. That's D-A-N-L, the Boone, B-O-O-N-E, Markham, M-A-R-K-H-A-M. Daniel the Boone Markham at DanielTheBooneMarkham.com on a journey a few miles this side of heaven. Surf's up, go deep, or go home. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Thank you for joining us. You guys, you can go to our website, deepadventure.com. You can order my book, Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue. You can also order my other book, Deep in the Way of a Surfing Guide to the Soul, my original book. And also you can get... uh, uh, copies of our reality show, uh, Deep Adventure Quest. And by the way, you know, we're getting ready to go out on a long ride. We're going to be shooting a motorcycle-based reality TV show for EWTN, uh, The Long Ride Home. We're going to go into the Big Bend country of Texas with seven other men, and we're going to be pursuing contemplative prayer. Can you dig that? Seven guys on Harleys pursuing the interior life. So we want to invite you to be part of that by um, uh, following us. You can go to our website, and there's a page called The Long Ride Home. And you can also go there, and you can get... uh, the uh, Hawaiian fish hook that I wear to remind me that we are to be fishers of men. And you can subscribe. And if you subscribe to our newsletter, you get our two-minute deep virtue segments sent to you once a week. They're in audio and written form. And also you can get a copy of the radio show that's going to air the next day, a full day early. So this is Bear Wozniak. Go to our website, deepadventure.com. And until next week, may the breath of the Holy Spirit aloha you. Aloha! This is Deep Adventure Radio. Hear archived shows, buy Bear's book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, and sign up for our Wave of the Week email at deepadventure.com. For the latest news on Bear and Deep Adventure, visit us on Facebook and share Deep Adventure with your friends. The most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Deep Adventure Radio.